Welcome into this episode of Show Your Scars with Jordan and Angeli, a look inside the journey back from a devastating injury. We may not choose for this to happen to us, but we appreciate who we become in the process. Now let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Guys, I don't know about you, but I have hundreds of old t-shirts that carry meanings and memories and I don't know what to do with them. I put them in a box, they sit there, but I can't give them away. Q Project Repat. They are taking old t-shirts and turning them into new blankets so you can see those memories every single day. Project Repat has produced over 200,000 blankets and they're all custom. You send in the shirts, they make it so easy, and on the back they put fleece that's made out of recycled plastic. So not only is it warm and cozy, but it's helping the environment as well. Project Repat also stands for repatriating textile jobs back to the U.S. There are now 50 people making t-shirt blankets in this country. All in all, this is awesome, you guys. The turnaround time is two to four weeks. You can have anything from a 16 shirt blanket to a 64 blanket. Since you guys are avid listeners to Show Your Scars podcast, you get a special 30% discount on your own Project Repat blanket. Go to Project Repat, that's Project R-E-P-A-T dot com, and use the code SHOWYOURSCARS to get your memories turned into a cozy blanket now. Do it. It's the perfect time. Hey, everybody. I am excited to bring to you somebody a little bit different. He does a pretty unique type of athletic performance. Not only is Justin a bodybuilder, but he is a skydiving extraordinaire. He jumps out of airplanes for a living, has jumped thousands of times, and I met Justin at a Make-A-Wish Foundation event in Colorado because they do an event every year with athletes that are in the community, and they bring them in to help uh, serve dinner and interact with people that have come to help support such a good cause with Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I talked to Justin because he's part of the the jumping team that jumps into Mile High Stadium, well, Sports Authority Field that still is not named anything yet, but in Denver, Colorado, before Broncos games, him and five other people jump into the stadium, and they land in the midst of 75-plus thousand people and they have to maneuver themselves into the stadium, land within the 100 yards of the field, and it's really incredible to watch them perform and do that game after game and do it to perfection because it has to be to perfection. So I clearly am a fan of what they do at Broncos games, and when I met Justin, I thought it was so awesome. I had to talk to him a little bit more, and we started talking, and he has gotten into bodybuilding within the last few years, and not only with bodybuilding and jumping, he's gone through a couple injuries. So we talk everything from how he used to train to how he trains now to his mentality. We talked to Justin about how he's gotten back doing what he loves to do post these tough injuries and what the turning point in his recovery really was. It's a cool conversation, somebody that I think a lot of people can relate to in a lot of different ways. And he might not be doing a typical sport that we talk to all the time, but I think it's cool to just hear different perspectives and the commonalities within getting back from injuries, uh, no matter what kind of activity you do. So here he is, Justin Thornton. Hey, Justin, it's Jordan. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? 
I am all right. Yeah. What's happening yeah. today? A little bit of work and uh, cleaning house and that sort of stuff. Yeah, all the things. <laughs> Nothing big. All the fun on. things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, being domestic and uh, selling real estate at the same time, I guess. <laughs> um, what do you do for work? I don't know if we've ever talked about that. Yeah, so uh, I am a uh, real estate agent in the Denver metro area and uh, help people buy and sell houses, residential. Nice. And then, uh, of course, I also work for the Broncos, you know, doing uh, parachute-related activities for those guys. And then um, I also work for a company called Flight One, and we are a a DOD contractor, and we work with uh, Tier 1 special operations groups with uh, various branches of the military. Hmm. So if they need people to fly in and um, like parachute in, you guys, you are part of a, a team that could do that. Uh, for the military, essentially, or what do you? Yeah, that last job that you were just talking about. Well, more. Um, so what happens is, like, for example, the army. Uh, the army will contract with our group, and our group will go train their uh, special operations. Got it. Uh, to do their jobs, essentially. Cool. You know, they usually come into us. They already know how to skydive, uh, and they're just working on uh, sharpening their skills. And so myself and uh, about 20, uh, 20 of us uh, essentially will go in and, and train their guys up and get them ready for uh, mission profiles and, and that sort of stuff. Cool. Yeah. Great. Um, well, I'm excited to chat with you and kind of get a little bit more about your – your journey in um, athletics and through your injuries and now um, just tell more people about you. So I guess I want to start from the beginning. Like, how did you get into, like, what was your childhood growing up and were you involved in athletics and how did that kind of transform into what you're doing now? Um, Yeah. So I I was always an athlete, um, even from a pretty young age, Uh, I swam in high school uh, I was a pretty big volleyball player in Northwest Florida. There wasn't a lot of volleyball programs. And so I just kind of picked it up in my early teens and, um, started Beach playing. Yeah, I'd say real, well, a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was an open, uh, beach player at 17 and, uh, played on a USAV junior Olympic men's team, uh, which was in the Southern region. So like Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of in those areas, yeah. and um, so I was an outside hitter uh, for for an indoor team. But that's kind of what I was going to do. Is you know I, I felt like I had a pretty strong skill set and was a pretty good player, and that's kind of what I imagined uh, I was going to do is is play volleyball and you know be on the Olympic team and you know go to California and play college and and that sort of stuff. Well, it just just didn't end up happening like that whatsoever. Um, you know, I continued to play and then played on in through my, you know, early adult years and, um, just ended up kind of doing other things. Like, uh, I got into skydiving in my mid twenties. Mm-hmm. And so I started jumping when I was 26 in Northwest Florida. And it was just one of those things that I was really drawn to. Um, just my personality was, you know, needing something that was a good outlet um, for a person who can't sit still, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, and so I started jumping and I started jumping a lot 
And uh, as a result of the jumping, you know, you start possessing a, a skill set within that sport as well, too. And uh, at the time, I was working in Northwest Florida uh, for the automotive industry in jumping. And mm-hmm. uh, my best friend was working for a parachute manufacturer in Florida. And he would call me and he'd say, hey, I'm in you know, Italy or I'm in Spa, Belgium for this event, and, and I'm stuck at a dealership in Tallahassee, Florida, and not really enjoying my life all that much. Right. And so a little envious of what he was doing. Up, oh, oh, my gosh. You kidding me? He's traveling the world and jumping out of airplanes. I mean, who doesn't want to do that, right? Well, and, um, I, can... <laughs> I think some people. <laughs> I think some people might not want to do that, but for you, that was a thing that you were like, "Oh, I, that's what I want to do." And maybe those were one of the oh. like kind of the defining moments of like, "Okay, this is actually something I'm really, I really love to do." Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, no, no doubt about it. And um, I completely gave up an extremely high-paying job to uh, take a lifestyle job working in the skydiving industry in uh, the early 2000s, which completely changed the path of my life. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, it changed, obviously my friends were, it changed um, my perspective on life. It, it just changed everything altogether. You know, I was always, I, I think pretty money driven and, you know, wanted to have this high level of success and, and I was working towards that in the automotive industry, and I just completely gave it up for something completely different. Um, but it ended up being something now that I, I definitely don't regret because it, it definitely, like I said, you know, changed the path of my life for sure and kind of brought me to what I'm involved with now, which you know, I would never trade for anything uh, in the world. So, Yeah. Can you talk about that? I, and I think that there's moments like – um, even with like going from volleyball to a different, you know, finding a different passion. And I think when people go through injuries, it's kind of, it kind of feels like that. Like you're changing from one, what you think your career is going to be, or, or your dreams are going to be to like actually establishing or, or having the ability to realize other dreams and passions and things like that. And, um, what was it that, I mean, were you actively looking for something when you were in your 20s or was volleyball just you knew you weren't going to get to the the next level and you were like, okay, maybe there's something else out there for me to do that I really enjoy? Uh, That's a good question. I kind of stumbled on on jumping, you know, because I was still playing in my mid-20s. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we whenever I was on the junior Olympic team, we we won the southern region, which is a, a pretty big region. So our team won the 18 and under division in the Southern region, qualified for U.S. Nationals, and our team dissolved right before uh, our opportunity. And that's where a lot of the college scouts are, because at that time, you know, you either had to make a video and mail it in to a university or something like that. And we just, I don't know if you just didn't have resources for that sort of thing, or my coaches weren't really at all that involved, but it just didn't happen. And kind of what I was banking on was going to U.S. Nationals. Mm-hmm. And competing at that level, and then hopefully, you know, getting some exposure there. One of my coaches took a job in Alaska coaching college, and another guy couldn't, couldn't, you know, handle the team by himself, and parents wouldn't let us go, and so it just just didn't work out. Well, then I was on another men's team that also went to nationals, and I wasn't able to go to that one either. So it just kind of, I just started realizing that, you know, my path in that particular sport just wasn't going to happen. Okay. 
Um, and I continued to play, and I coached uh, girls' junior Olympic club, uh, club volleyball, and, and was still pretty involved with it. Um, but I didn't really realize, I think, the skydiving was going to take me where it did either at yeah. that time. It wasn't yeah. until – it you was know, more I, of the passion, started... like you were like, okay, I, I feel like I really like this and I like doing this, let alone like, is it going to be something that I do for my career? I, I don't know, but like, it makes me happy and you pursued that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. That, that's pretty much what it was. And, um, the people I started hanging around with in the sport of skydiving, um, were all very good. Uh, people were, you know, multiple world champions and, and I just had a lot of really solid influence. And when you, you know, obviously you start hanging around people that are much better than you, what do you do? You end up getting better as well, especially if you're, you know, com- competing with them or jumping with them or, or whatever you're doing. And so I started getting good also, um, ended up making, um, you know, a couple of us teams and, you know, competing abroad and, um, and really sharpening my skill set just due to the fact that I was jumping a lot and, you know, getting a lot of good influence from some people who definitely, you know, knew what they were doing for sure. Yeah. And Um, you're going to have to explain this a little bit more to me and probably the people that are going to be listening, because what does it mean to get good at skydiving or like (laughs) when you compete at skydiving, what, what are you competing to do? Like get down to the earth the quickest? Like I, I'm not quite sure what that means. (laughs) Sure. Okay. So, um, <laughs> what I learned in the sport, which you start, is just kind of, Hey, you're in free fall and it's cool. And, yeah. um, there's other people doing it. Hey, this is fun. Well, I mean, you can really probably take just about anything that you do and be competitive at it. Right. Yeah. Um, well within the sport, there are, um, many different disciplines. Okay. Okay. So you have free fall disciplines to where, uh, as an example, you're jumping out with a group of people and you're doing like formations while you're in free fall. Absolutely. So you have FS or formation skydiving and okay. formation skydiving can be done on your, yes, it can be done on your belly. It can be done uh, in vertical positions or bodies flying in different positions. Um, and so you can compete in formation skydiving. There are also um, parachute related activities as well too. As an example, um, you're jumping out and doing something called canopy relative work. And that is you are touching parachutes with another person, letting go, and then retouching again. Hmm. And you can do these things like based on time, like how many times you dock or connect and disconnect. You're judged on stuff like that. Um, what I started doing was competing in something called canopy piloting. Okay. And when you start out jumping, you usually jump a very big parachute. And that's due to safety. You know, the smaller the parachute is, you're adding weight to it essentially as as a parachute gets smaller and the and the wing goes faster. It turns faster, has a much more um, okay. aggressive forward speed. And so it does take a lot of jumps and a lot more skill to fly a small parachute. Okay. Due to those due to those factors. Okay. Uh, as an example, if I'm flying a parachute that is 200 square feet versus one that's 100 square feet. I have the same amount of weight underneath it, but the one that's 100 square feet is going to lose a lot more altitude uh, right. whenever you induce any maneuvers, okay. uh, so to speak. Okay. Okay. So getting better at skydiving, you start jumping small stuff. And in canopy piloting, 
Um, you are diving the parachute at the ground at a very high rate of speed and a high rate of turn. You have courses set up on the ground. And what you're doing is you're taking that, that vertical descent rate that you're initiating and you're converting that to horizontal lift. And as you dive the parachute at the ground, the canopy naturally recovers, it swoops or flies across the ground, and you induce a tremendous amount of speed and lift at that point. And so that's what I started competing in is high performance canopy piloting, um, which you're doing it obviously against other people and you're, you're judged on distance, speed and accuracy. Um, but there are competitions that are national and world level um, with this particular discipline within the sport. But just to kind of sum it up, there are, when you start learning how to jump, you realize that there are many, many disciplines within the sport itself. Yeah. How many times have you jumped? Do you think? Um, in the mid seven thousands. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so many times seven thousand. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to jump in nineteen years, right? And yeah, so but still, that's incredible. Basis, they just add up, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, did you ever? I mean, I think a lot of people think of skydiving or or jumping as something that's like. A lot of people are fearful of it, right? Did you ever have any kind of fear involved with it, or was it just like you always thought it was something that was going to be really fun? Um, I, I'd say more more fun, but there again, there is a level of respect, right? Yeah. Um, because if you don't have some fear, I think you need to have a little bit of that in order to keep yourself in check. Um because things can go wrong quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, luckily for me, you know, I, I got injured um, pretty lightly um, by comparison to, you know, some other people uh, within the sport who get hurt very badly uh, or worse. But um, it's it's kind of like you're, you're taking that fear that you have and you're converting that to excel and or succeed in whatever you're doing within the sport itself, right? Yeah. You know, as we jump into the stadium – are you a little scared? Absolutely. But you channel that, right, to perform. Um, Do you feel like I that kind of fear the, is the, like – That's how you explain it. Yeah, no, I, I, get, I totally get what you're saying. And do you feel like that kind of fear is essential not only in, you know, succeeding at a, a sport like jumping and, you know, where there is um, – I think that fear kind of goes a little bit more into respecting it because you understand how much danger there is in it. But do you feel like fear in helps you succeed in, in different areas of life too? Like channeling that, like it doesn't have to be a bad fear, right? Some kind of like you're fearful of um, losing your job. So you're going to work harder or whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, things that maybe you're afraid of to do um, in a particular job. Those are probably the things that you should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, anybody and everybody that you talk to that has a lot of success are like, do the things that scare you. <laughs> because yeah. those are the things that are going to give you the results that you're looking for. Because it's easy to not do something because you're afraid of it. It's much harder because fear, I, I think, can be just completely um, debilitating you know, yeah. for a lot of people, but it's like, okay, I'm afraid of this. Like, <laughs> this is going to sound silly, but as part of real estate, door knocking is a very big thing. I'm terrified of door knocking on somebody's door. Yeah. <laughs> I just am. Yeah. I hate it so much. So I don't want to bother them or for whatever reason or, or whatever it is, but 
you know, a lot of times it does net some very good results because now you're out and you're meeting people um, potentially that want to maybe, you know, buy or sell a house, right? Right. But I'll do all these other things, but I'm terrified of knocking on somebody's door. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Um, yeah. And you said it yourself. That's probably the thing that you could probably get a lot of um, business from. <laughs> So it's the oh, thing that you should be doing, right? even though you're scared of it. Um, okay, so for let's go into a little bit more of like how you're jumping now because this is so cool to me. And we we met each other at a Make a Wish Foundation event with uh, local athletes who um, in in the Denver area. So Justin and I met each other there, and the coolest like I love going to Broncos games and I feel really fortunate that I get to go to all these games but one of the coolest things that the Broncos do and I don't know if anybody else in the league does this you could probably tell me yes or no um you probably would know more than me but um before the game there are are there five of you uh there are five correct yeah Yeah, five of them that jump into this jump above the stadium and they parachute into the stadium the little bull i mean for you it probably seems little for us it seems huge but when you're parachuting down free falling like that and getting you know trying to get yourself into the right position it's like absolutely incredible that you guys can maneuver all those little you know the wind the whatever factors are there as nature but then that the shape of the stadium to get in and land on the field like that has to be one of the coolest things ever well, thank you so much. Um, you know, we enjoy it thoroughly. You know, it's it's definitely challenging. Uh, it's a very tight uh, landing area, but you know, we're lucky to have um, some highly skilled uh, pilots that um, can fly parachutes in tight areas and and you know, and land in there, and and obviously give the fans a pretty nice visual and, and something exciting to see before the games, you know. Yeah. When you guys do that, it's a, it's a shorter, like how far are you falling from? Like where does the airplane fly and drop you off? How many feet above the ground? Uh, so we, so uh, we take off from Longmont, we go circle around the stadium and then we get out of the airplane at about 4,500 feet above the ground. Yeah. Um, that's we quick. have a, a <laughs> yeah, right. it, it is. You know, we, we have a time limit with the Broncos um, where they give us about three minutes. Because, you know, the pregame stuff is all timed. Um, So they have stuff going on in the field. And, of course, you have the color guard that comes out and the national anthem and all that stuff. So we can't be late. And we've gotten it down to where about three minutes is what they're looking for. And when we get out of the aircraft, open up, fly together, break, and then land, it's it's about a three-minute window. Wow. That is so – I mean, it's so cool. What does it feel like when you – because your last little descent, you have to come pretty straight down. And then – like land pretty quickly, right? Like pull back up and land pretty quickly. Is that a, is that a typical move that you do? Or is that something that you had to learn specifically for this stadium? Well, the, uh, the competitive stuff I was talking about, that's the type of approach that I would use okay. if I was competing. Okay. Um, so does the, everybody the else that do it with you compete as well? Um, some of them have, some of them haven't. Uh, we, we have a couple of the team members, uh, Kenyon and uh, Cody, who have not been competitors, but myself, uh, Jimmy and Allison have all competed um, in high performance canopy piloting. You know, the, the stuff that we use on the, on the competition level, the parachutes actually are smaller. 
Yeah. And we dive from uh, a higher altitude above the ground. Like as an example, if I'm running a, a course in competition, I turn from about 1,300 feet above the ground and dive the parachute at 450 degrees and then pull out before, you know, we impact the ground essentially. Jeez. But in the stadium, it's a 270-degree turn, and I turn at about 600 feet uh, above the ground. Wow. That's, I mean, it's it's incredible. And every time, like, I cheer loud every time one of you guys lands because I'm like, oh, thank goodness you landed. This is like, I mean, I'm sure it makes me more nervous and us more nervous than any of you. But, um, yeah, it is. It's a really cool thing. And um, we're lucky as uh, – didn't you get to do something pretty cool last year with, involved with that? Uh, what do you mean? I can't remember. I thought you were – not – did you get to go to the Super Bowl when they were at the Super Bowl? <laughs> that's that's a sore subject, but no. Oh. <laughs> but we did go. We did do the ring ceremony with them. Oh, okay. Um, so we we got to go to the ring ceremony for Maybe the Maybe that's what I I we got, talk, I've yes. talked to you about something this last spring, and I yes. can't remember what it was. So whoops, sorry, it wasn't the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Maybe we'll get to go one day. Maybe yeah. right. Um, but no, we, we passed out rings uh, for the ring ceremony, which, which was amazing. And, you know, of course, you know, got to meet, uh, coach Kubiak and John Elway and, you know, the rest of the crew. And, and it was just cool to be a part of that entire experience and get our picture with a Lombardi trophy. So we're all, we're all pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, so let's get into a little bit of your injuries and like how that affected you not being able to do some of the things like you love that you love to do like jumping and um i know you've had two pretty major injuries within the last couple of years correct yeah so i got hurt um it's been almost a year uh since my first injury uh we you know it happened in september uh, right about this time of uh, 2016 so um i had just gotten my isbb pro card um, so I compete in uh, men's physique bodybuilding, and I had become a pro um, at the end of July. So I was pretty high on life, and uh, it was a heck of an accomplishment for me to, to get to that point. And Bronco season's starting up, and I'm super mm-hmm. pumped about that, of course. And I go in to do a practice jump uh, before the Colts game, and we just got some nice, fresh new jumpsuits. Or, uh, they're beautiful. I don't know if you've seen them, but they're bright orange, and they look amazing. Um, and I'm coming in, I'm sliding in the grass and I kind of have this move to where I don't want to get any grass things on my butt. And I was dragging my hands behind me and I hyperextended my left elbow. Well, in doing that, I detached the, uh, the distal bicep tendon and, um, I'm pretty sure I've got like a small tricep tear as well, which I've, you know, found out after that. But, uh, you know, at that time, you know, we were practicing and um i couldn't really uh let's see how do i put this i, I just kind of limped off the field and, and didn't really want to draw any attention to myself because i was i was hurt and uh didn't want to you know alarm anybody or or you know draw any attention to myself so i kind of hobbled off and uh said oh I've, my arm's messed up something's not right but i couldn't see what i had going on mm-hmm. um because I had my jumpsuit on, but I could definitely tell that something was wrong. And I heard a pop, wasn't sure what it was. And then, um, walked out in the parking lot and pulled my jumpsuit off and realized that my bicep was about three inches higher up towards my shoulder than it had been previously before. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
it required surgery. Okay. So I, I'd gotten surgery at the end of, uh, end of September and, uh, it was kind of a big blow because I knew that, you know, what I'd love to do, um, now that a, I'm a pro bodybuilder and I also am now going to miss most of the season, uh, you know, jumping for the Broncos. Um, it was pretty, uh, it was defeating in a lot of ways. Yeah. In which, you know, I know that there's a lot of people out there that have it a heck of a lot worse than that. And they just do. But for me, not be able to do what I want to do or be able to compete or jump or, or whatever I was trying to do was, like I said, it was, it was very defeating at that time. And how, um, I mean, do you feel like it was, it was unlucky? Do you feel like your body was a little stressed out because of what you were doing to it? Like working so hard to get to a place where you could be a professional bodybuilder, you know, that, um, I don't know. I think sometimes we, as athletes, we get to this point place where we're like, we can push our bodies really far. Right. But like, what's, what's too far and what's not, do you feel like this was just a freak accident and it happened? Or do you, do you feel like it has anything to do with like the amount of work that you were putting into on the, on the bodybuilding side? You know, it's, um, I've thought about that a lot actually. And, um, Definitely as your muscles get bigger, they get stronger. And um, I, I wasn't doing a ton of like hip types of training. In other words, you know, stuff to kind of help me stay as limber maybe as I need it to be. Uh-huh. And I think it probably contributed to that somewhat. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not a spring chicken anymore either. You know, I was 43 years old uh, whenever I had the injury. And, you know, let's face it, as we get older, we're just more prone to have uh, potential injuries, you know, especially doing what I do. And I've been very lucky that I haven't been hurt really. Um, so I think that probably contributed a little bit, but, um, I definitely remember I put a lot of pressure kind of on my hands as they were behind me, Yeah. which I probably should, I probably shouldn't have done. I think it maybe was just a matter of time because I have, I've landed like that a bunch. Right. And this, at this point, it just kind of was a little too much and yeah. a little too much stress and, so a combination of a lot of things, I think, uh, you know, caused it to detach. Yeah. So you have to get that surgically repaired. Do they put like a hook in there and, and, and reattach it to your joint or your bone? Yeah. So they, they put like a little ball on the end of the tendon and they drill a hole in your bone and they stick it in there and they lock it in place. And, uh, then you go through rehab, you know, yeah. and I was in a sling. Um, I did go back to the gym pretty quickly because I was, basically drive myself crazy sitting at home and I couldn't do that. And so, which I don't think is a couple a, days a later. Poor, yeah. Like I, th- I think some, I think one of the hard things about having surgery is like your doctors say like lay low. And I think that's one of the hardest things for us as athletes is like when you hurt your leg, it's a little bit harder, right? Because you can't, you have to like stand to do a lot of things, but if you hurt your arm or even when you do hurt your leg, you could still do some abs. You could do some upper body and get some endorphins flowing because I feel like we, our bodies are so used to that, that if we completely take that away, it's, it's even harder for us to get through. Oh yeah, it it definitely is. You know, what I learned is that, um, training one side of my body, um, definitely continues to send electronic impulses to both sides. And, um, you know, I have my, my ortho doc and my, my trainers and a couple of other people who are definitely, uh, you know, qualified telling me, listen, you're doing yourself a lot of good. 
And even, you know, not just from the mental aspect of just trying to do something um, and not sit and, you know, do the woes me and, you know, this sucks and I can't do anything anymore and, and this, that, and the other, uh, which was still tough. It definitely made a difference mm-hmm. for sure in my healing and my mental state. Um, and, and then everything else kind of that, that went along with that, but it, it, you know, definitely affected, um, affected my work. Um, you know, it affected my relationships because I was definitely down in the dumps as a result of not being who I was or who I thought I was or who I thought I identified with. Who was that? that what, jumps who, on airplanes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I jump on airplanes and I'm a bodybuilder and, you know, I like charge at life and this is what I do. And now you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, then do you what? Think then, it, then who are you? you yeah. know? Do you think it too, like makes you feel like, you know, you get to a certain point point, you feel like, not that you're invincible, but like, like you, we think we're so strong. And then when we get injured, it breaks us a little like, wow, I thought, I thought I was doing everything right. Like I thought I was taking care of my body and being active, but like how, and then how can this happen? It like breaks you down a little bit and makes you feel weak. Oh, there's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and I never really understood it, um, until it happened to me. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like, Whoa, wait a minute. This, this is a real thing. And, um, you, you know, you hear about it with other athletes that get injured and, you know, they can't do what they're supposed to be doing or they're out of the sport altogether. And you don't really think too much about it until it happens to you. And then you realize, wait a minute, this is a real thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree a hundred percent with what you're saying because it affected me like more than I ever thought that it would. Yeah. Do you, so how did you get through those difficult mental, um, you know, just the things that maybe your brain was saying to yourself, like, how am I going to do this? Or like, I can't do everything I want to do. Like how, how do you refocus your brain onto something good in the, in those moments? Um, it was knowing that there was a light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. really. Is that okay? You know, this is permanent and I'm going to come back and I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to be better. And, um, you know, this is just a minor setback and, and a lot of gym time, you know, it, it really helped me just by going in and getting lifts in and, yeah. um, just trying to stay as normal as I, as I possibly could. But, um, it definitely, you know, uh, affected me for sure. But it, I think what kept me going was, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I also felt like hopefully I was inspiring other people that maybe were having some challenges as well to kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Cause I would post videos and, you know, I would talk about it and I'll talk about what I was doing that day or what I was training or, or whatever. And there were a couple of people that had reached out saying, Hey man, you know, this is really cool. And this is really motivating me. And so that kind of gave me a little bit of, all right, well, I'm helping somebody else maybe that's struggling with something as well too. And so I'm going to keep going also. Yeah. That's really cool. One of the things, you know, with this podcast and show your scars is I feel like, um, by showing your scars, you're, you're sharing your strength. And I think one of the other ways that you share your strength and you kind of tap into your strength is by 
talking about not only how you're getting through, but your vulnerabilities and how you push through those. And in this injury process that you're, you're tapping into the strength that you maybe didn't realize that you had, but then when others are listening to it or others are seeing it, you know, firsthand, the people that we're seeing at the gym, they're like inspired. And then they're, they find strength within themselves to do something great. So I love that. I love that you felt that you were, were helping others along the way as well. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, go ahead. and then there was the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how far apart <laughs> were these? Okay. So I got hurt in the beginning of September, um, or mid September of 2016. And then I got rehabbed and everything is good. And my arm felt great. And I went up to Longmont and jumped out of an airplane again. Like the first time you <laughs> and were back? I just, I remember it. What's that? The first time you jumped again? Yeah, totally. So mid-December, uh, I'm up there with a buddy of mine um, and uh, get out of the airplane. And I was just like, oh, and you've been doing something for that long and you're not doing it and you just, you get back to it. I just, it was just so good. It felt so good just to be back in the air again. And Hey, you know, I'm back, I'm doing this. This is, this is good. Um, and I, you know, landed the, uh, landed my parachute and everything was great. And I'm like, sweet, let's, let's go get a practice in. And, uh, it was before the Patriots game. And we need to get a practice in. Oh, um, sorry. I had to. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> right? <laughs> just, it doesn't feel right it, exactly. if I just let that go. <laughs> well played. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, they, uh, they, they protect the grass if it's going to get cold. And there was a tarp on the field. Um, and tra just traditionally, when we come and land, uh, we slide a little bit and kind of bleed off a little bit of the speed and then run the landing out. Right. Well, the, the tarp just doesn't, doesn't give really. And, um, you need to run. And I'd had a, uh, a small tear my quad tendon and it was, it's an old, old volleyball injury from playing indoor forever. And it's always giving me trouble. Um, I had kind of tweaked it, uh, like the year before a little bit and, you know, had an MRI that couldn't really find anything. And they, I had another MRI and they finally figured out that I'd had a small tear in, in my quad tendon. Mm -hmm. um, and so coming to land and I had a little bit of speed. I went to run out the landing. Um, and as soon as I put my, my right foot down, my knee goes over my foot, creates a lot of tension, detach the quad tendon. <laughs> mm. And I'm like, oh no, you've got to be kidding detach me. Detach the quad tendon from oh, yeah. the, your hip from or the from patella. your knee, from the patella? From the patella, yeah. So right at the top of the patella, it's gone. And it, oh. you know, on the side, it was still there, but in the middle, it was completely gone. So I could still walk, but, you know, it's not there. How much all. did that hurt when um, you were walking, though? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It hurt so bad. Wow. I mean, it so sounds um, awful. Oh, yeah. I, you, know, you hear it pop, and I went, Oh no, this is not good. And I went down, um, couldn't run out, you know, the landing cause quad is gone. And, um, I got up kind of hobbled off the field and, um, and my girlfriend at the time, she, she was thinking to herself, she goes, we're not going to make it through this mm. <laughs> because we'd had a lot of struggles as a result of me, just not really feeling very good about myself when I got hurt before. And, um, 
and uh, just having a lot of struggle with it. And I'd kind of just come out of the previous injury. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, of course, you have an MRI done and I need surgery and I get that done uh, at the beginning of January and I'm down again. Yeah. And there's no Bronco season. There is, um, I mean, I can still go to the gym and train. And I did. I mean, I, you know, had my leg brace on with my crutches and I would walk to the machines with crutches and train and do whatever I had to do. But um, I'm down again. And everything just came back, even more compounded than it was before. My relationship, done. I mean, it, it didn't last to the end of January. Yeah. So that was done. Um, my work suffered. You know, I sold like half the amount of houses I did the year before. Um, just because I couldn't get myself to be motivated to do all that much. Just couldn't do it. Um, which, uh, which was obviously very challenging. Yeah. What was the, I mean, how, how did it feel? Did you feel hopeless in those moments or like, how did you find, finally get yourself out or like looking back now, you know, hindsight's usually always 2020. Like what did you do to get yourself out and that you maybe wish you would have done at the beginning? And was that, does that have to do with your, I'm guessing it has to do with like how you were expressing emotions, how you were mentally handling the things to get through them a little bit um, easier on you. Um, I completely had a breakdown. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, like I said, work was not good. Um, relationship was done. Um, uh, I felt, I felt really, really lost because there again, my identity is gone for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I, would, I had a good friend of mine, who's still a good friend. And, uh, he asked me to go to church about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, you know, I'm not, it's not my thing. I've, you know, I've never really been a church guy or, or anything like that. And, and I met him for lunch and I said, so there's something that I need in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know there's something that I need in my life. And, um, would you mind if I go to church with you? And he started asking some questions, you know, and started telling me about what faith meant to him and his family and how he found faith and what it had done for him. Right. And we're sitting at uh, Sushi Katsu. I don't know if you know where it is off Arapahoe. Well, I completely broke down. I broke down the restaurant. I'm like, I'm I'm just a mess blubbering mess um but that's fine i I feel like i feel like the quicker you can get those thing those like breakdowns out especially when you're going through injury like the more you find healing in the in those spaces because in and i feel like sorry to interrupt this this story because i feel like this is going to be really awesome but um we, we as athletes, and I think it's even more pressure as males, we feel like we have to be a certain, like, persona or this certain – we have to be strong all the time. But, like, in the end, we're human. Like, we are vulnerable and we are emotional and we have fears and doubts and uh, things that come up. And if we always hide them, hide them, hide them – and, and push them away, then they're going to come up in these moments. And those are the moments that actually heal us more is when we sit in the pain and say like, I can't believe this is happening. How am I going to get through this? Like, and, and who is going to help me through this or what, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I felt that way. I felt like 
completely lost, mm-hmm. completely lost. And, um, and so, uh, I went to church on Sunday and, um, I had a very profound experience, um, with God mm-hmm. and finding faith, which I'd never experienced before, um, at all. Yeah. And, um, I was sitting there with, with my, my, my buddy and his family and, and the message that day I knew was just for me. And I just kind of poked him in the elbow and I went, dude, can you tell him I was coming? He goes, no, that's God talking to you. Yeah. And, um, it was so moving and so profound that it, it changed my perspective and it changed how I started to think. And, um, it was something, like I said, I'd never experienced before. And, um, it was exactly what I needed. Like yeah. exactly. And both of us, uh, I kind of laugh about it now and then I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it, but him and I both were just in tears, yeah. um, sitting there in church together. And, um, I hadn't been moved like that and I needed to be moved like that. And, God was with me that day and he knew exactly what I needed. And, um, it changed everything. Mm. I love so that. that's, that's how, that's how, that's how I got through I love that. and started, um, working on my faith and, um, and you know, and what I've learned is that it's not just a, everything turns around and it's perfect. That's just not how it works. Right. 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 But, um, it's been what I've needed and it has helped me grow and it has helped me learn. Um, and it's helped me work on myself to become a better person, become a better father to my kids. I mean, uh-huh. just better in general. Um, and having that faith and knowing that, you know, everything's going to be okay was, was how it helped me like push through. And I know you probably didn't think that this was going to go this direction. No, I but love it. That's exact. That's exactly how, how it was. I love it. Um, and still is now. And I think one of the, probably one of the greatest feelings that, you know, I feel as, you know, a, a, a Christian and a, a follower of Jesus is like, you don't have like everything it doesn't matter how we perform. Like we are so loved and we are like truly valued. And I think when we get, there's a weird thing about life and especially athletics that it's always a competition and we only feel like we're good enough. If we get the trophy at the end, if we win the competition, if we never get hurt, if we, you know, but like, that's not real. Like he loves us because he made us and he's, you know, it's not like, there, there's nothing else like to know that no matter what happens, like I am, a, I am a loved child of God is like an undescribable feeling. Right. Yeah. Yep. I'm, that's, I'm, that's, that's so exactly awesome. Right. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yay. Um, <laughs> well, so, you. so that's really helped you through in the last, I mean, that's just been now since you said January or February, right? So, um, yep. how is the rehab going and how do you feel like, I mean, you're jumping again. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, things must've gone again. pretty well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not broken. I mean, I'm obviously still broken, but I'm not broken. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah. It, so uh, since then, 
there was, you know, going through rehab with the knee and still continuing to go through rehab with the arm. Uh, my knees felt better than it has in like, you know, over 15 years. So yeah, it's amazing. Just because um, I was nagging I started, you for uh, so long and nagging. What's that? Because it was nagging you for so long and it just was oh. finally like, I can't do it anymore. No, I mean, I couldn't bend my knee for any period of time whatsoever. Like yeah. you go to the movies or sit in the seat or whatever. I mean, I always have to like straighten it out and, and rub it. And yeah, so absolutely amazing. So, you know, my doctor did a great job and put me back together. And, um, and then I started before the jumping because I, I didn't jump until June, okay. just a, after the first week of June. Um, I started, uh, I, I got with my, my doctors and my coaches with uh, bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And um, started going to work, and started going to work, and started making some some nice nice gains, and got my body, you know, back into the condition that it needed to be. And I made my pro debut at the beginning of June, so I competed oh on the pro gosh. stage. That's awesome, <laughs> right? <laughs> How cool! Like, would um, you think that that would have happened after these? I mean, think about you at January whatever fifteenth. I don't know when the injury happened. What the exact date? But think if that would have been, like, if you thought five months later I would have been standing in front of people saying, like, look at how, like, I'm, I'm making my debut. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. I, um, you, I, I, I you, didn't think so. I didn't think yeah. it would be that quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I sort of put in a lot of work. And um, I was really focused and driven because it's something that I wanted so bad that um, nothing was going to get in my way. Um, so, um, and I ended up doing pretty good, you know, at, at the show. I didn't do obviously as good as I would like to, but just being on stage again and bringing a better package to stage than I did the year before was an accomplishment. I yeah. mean, just to get up there, to be able to compete, um, was something that was very rewarding for me. Yeah. Um, and exactly there again, what, what I needed. Um, and then week after the show, uh, I got in the air again because I, I didn't want to risk potentially getting injured. Yeah, that makes you know, sense. Before before the competition, uh -huh. and so I wanted to get, also give my body plenty of time to heal and plenty of time to get ready. So right. uh, I could continue to um, you know to jump for the Broncos, um, and I've also done uh, two military camps since um, then in the month of like June and July. Yep. Yeah, great. And, uh, you know, now we're back jumping again for the Broncos and, um, we got Monday night football coming up, which is going to be awesome at nighttime with, with pyro and, um, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It's going to be a good one. What do you think the biggest lesson that you learned throughout all these injuries and getting back to what you love to do again is don't give up. I mean, I wanted to give up, um, a lot. Yeah. Just did. I'm like, this is just too much. Uh, it's too much for me to handle. I'm tired of being tested. I don't want to be tested anymore. But it's just not giving up and just continuing. No matter how hard it is, it's harder to quit than to keep going. Mm -hmm. It just is. Mm -hmm. You're going to live with that for the rest of your life. If you quit and you give up, that's something that is going to be in you forever. Yeah. Even if you fail. I mean, just don't give up, you know? Um, and that was the biggest thing for me. And that's the biggest lesson that I got out of it was that. Yeah. 
and you probably have some pretty i think i remember seeing your knee scar i think you showed me at the event but you probably have some like super gnarly scars now and the the podcast is called show your scars because i really feel like there is a power in our like our scars and not only um looking down at and seeing how not only our skin has healed um, but how those injuries have helped heal us, heal us in different ways. You know, you talked about a big way that you were healed through this process. But when you look at your scars, what do what do they mean to you, or what does um, show your scars mean to you? You know, it's it's a reminder of um, what was for me um, a lot of adversity that I hadn't experienced and that I needed to overcome. Um, and that's what I see when I look at that. Yeah. Do they also make you feel like you're a stronger person because of them? Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think this is such a cool story, Justin. And, you know, I've, I hope I hope everybody gets to see you one day. Maybe maybe Broncos will make it back to the Super Bowl, right? And and you guys will get the invite this time. You you're hearing me, John Elway. I'm sure John Elway is listening to this. You know, um, right? Of course. So <laughs> so I you know I hope they get to see what you guys do because it's truly um, remarkable. And I'm excited for people to hear this because there's so many little tidbits of things that you said. Um, just you know about even in the beginning you you talked about when you changed career paths or or passion paths really you started doing parachute uh, or jumping and working with people that were in the parachuting business and you were like your crew determines your direction and I I really believe that that was like something that you said that is really impactful for people not only going through injury right because we have to surround ourselves with this group of people who's helping us from PT to doctor to you were talking about your coaches and bodybuilding, they all have to be on the same page and that communication is so key. But you also talked about, um, you know, finding strength in your vulnerability and opening up to others and how that really helped you find um, your meaning and uh, your worth. So um, it's cool. I'm glad we got to talk. I hope yeah, you feel, I hope you feel like, it. And one of the other things I hope from this is, like, when people come on the podcast, I hope they feel like they leave there. Like, how, you know, that was a really hard time for me. But, like, I am so proud, one, I made it through, right? I didn't give up. And, and two, like, I'm, I feel like I am, like, so much better of a person on the other side. Yeah, and, and I hope that, you know, when people go through that, that they, they hopefully get the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or something that is, you know, really important to them that that helps them grow. Like I feel that it did for me. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, cool. Well, I will get to see you pretty soon. You won't get to see me. I'll be a, amongst seventy-seven thousand, um, but I'll wave to you <laughs> and I'll cheer when you land. Um, Sounds good. But thanks so much for your time, Justin. It was great talking with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Jordan. I really appreciate it. How about that, Justin Thornton? I feel like he brought he he had so many great things to say in so many ways that you can help yourself through the journey. And one of the things that stuck out to me is just being vulnerable and having the ability to sit with a friend and a family member, whoever it may be, and break down and say, "This is hard. I need something else. I need." something bigger than me and it was cool to hear that side of Justin's story 
I liked when he said it was harder to quit than to keep going. That's the biggest thing he learned through this. And of course, I talk about it again at the end, but your crew determines your direction. And it's so true that in this path of injury recovery, you get to choose who's around you. So choose wisely, choose your surgeon, make sure you interview a couple people if you're not feeling comfortable and find the person that's right for you. Find the right physical therapist because you're gonna spend a lot of time with that person. Uh, make sure your, your family and your friends are on the right side. If your friends don't want to come along and they don't want to support you, it's okay. They, they don't have to, right? And there's going to be other people around you that will support you and will keep you going. So choose your crew wisely. And I think overall, just learn from Justin that you can come back and do something that you've always dreamed of doing post big injuries. Justin just competed in his first professional bodybuilding competition and it was after both of his injuries. So you're capable of doing great things. Your body will follow your mind in a lot of different areas. So keep your mind going in the right direction. Absolutely everything is progress, right? If you guys liked this podcast, if you want to know more about Justin, read the notes. I'll tag his Instagram in there. And if you like what you're listening to, make sure you leave us a review. We love hearing from you guys what you want to hear next, who you want me to interview, all that kind of stuff. I love this community because you guys are very interactive with me. So thank you so much for taking a minute out and writing a review. Most importantly, go out there. What, whatever's happening in your world, you can change it in an instant. Smile, show your scars with pride, and go out and give someone a high five or a hug today. Make their day a little bit better, and I promise it'll make